When I found out I was gonna be a parent, I immediately felt a lot of anxiety and worry. So I went on to BetterHelp to try to look for a therapist to help me with that. My relationship with my family and with my boyfriend and with myself were suffering. I really needed help. I was ruminating a lot. Really getting those thoughts out to a therapist and getting feedback was just life-changing. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, learn more at betterhelp.com. That's betterhelp.com. If scary movies give you dread, keep you up late night in bed, here's a podcast that will help ease your mind. We'll explain the plot real nicely, then we'll talk about what's frightening so you never have to have a spooky time. It's ruined. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Ruin. I'm Hallie. I'm Allison. And this is the podcast where we ruin a horror movie. So if you were looking for something else, stick around and enjoy this. This is a podcast (laughs) that gives worms to ex-girlfriends. As always, thank you for joining us. Um, I'm Hallie, again, if if this is your first time listening. And I love horror movies, and all I want to do is explain them to someone, and that someone... It's It's a very special Allison. I'm Allison, and I hate horror movies, but I'm also desperate to know what happens in all of them. So thank God I have Hallie to be my uh, way more interesting Wikipedia. So, you know, get cozy, wrap yourself in a cocoon Mm -hmm. um, of, of blankets... And, um, or like a, an actual cocoon, like if there's a giant spider in your house, you know, have them wrap you up real tight. Well, not spiders. I guess it would be, um, cocoons are for insects that metamorphose, metamorphosize. Oh, right. Like a silkworm? A yeah, silkworm, or right? like a caterpillar to a butterfly, or, or I guess a moth. Right. If you have any, if you have moths, I guess you could <laughs> cocoon yourself. Ask one of the many moths in your home, the giant human-sized moths in your home, to please wrap you up tight yeah, and get cozy. Yeah, first to clean up after themselves and then to wrap you in a nice cocoon and settle in for this week's movie, which is... The Wicca Man. <laughs> now, we had, you know, sort of a back and forth mm-hmm. um, whether we would do the original 1973 Wicker Man yes. or do the t- uh, iconic 2006 version starring Nicolas Cage. Yes. And you started with, you started watching the Nick Cage remake. Because one of my fondest memories is seeing it in theaters with my friend Megan and one other person I can't recall, I think Will. And we died laughing. We fell out the entire time. Other people were shushing us because we were laughing so hard. Because it's a fun watch. Yes. And so I, I I have, I treasure that memory. So I thought, oh, how fun it would be to give Allison that experience. The problem was when I started to watch, I was like, oh, actually, this remake is not good. Yes. And the thing that makes it fun and watchable is Nick Cage's acting, which mm-hmm. I cannot replicate in my explanation. Nobody can. It's it's unique in its, uh, in, in its uniqueness. <laughs> it's the only, no one can be Nick Cage except for Nick Cage. And uh, Nick Cage famously gave an interview about uh, The Wicker Man where he essentially said, I knew it wasn't going to be good, but sometimes you just have to let a movie be what it is. And I think that that <laughs> is, I have to let that movie be untranscribable and yes. give you the actual original Wicker Man, which I love. It's uh, less than 90 minutes long, which is what Ugh. most horror movies should be, in my opinion. We do not need a two and a half hour horror movie. All movies should be 90 minutes. I don't want to say, but there was a certain recent superhero movie which was around about two and a half hours long. Too long. It's an hour an too hour long. An hour too long. Hour too Most long. Most movies should be ninety minutes, and yes. this is. You can quote both of us on that. That is that is a stance <laughs> that we will we will draw that line in the sand. Movies should be ninety minutes. Um. So I would say, and and so this is a pleasure to revisit. We're going to do um the original Wicker Man. So we have Allison always watch the trailer to not only, um, you know, educate her about what film we're talking about, but also give her a little bit of the tone, a little bit of the flavor, the costuming. You want to see, like, you know, it's easier to imagine this retelling if you have, like, a little taste of what the movie is. And I'll tell you, this trailer, what a taste. I mean, just... (laughs) I actually, having watched it, like, can't get a handle on the tone of the movie. Like, I can, but I can't, like... It's scary, obviously, because you're like, what's, it's confusing. It's a confusing trailer. If you're trying to figure out what a movie is about and what happens, that's not Mm -hmm. something you're going to get from watching this original trailer. Great. And the music choices, which I don't know if they're the same, you know, sound choices that are in the movie, but the trailer music goes from scary to kind of like British hijinks. Um, Mm -hmm. So that was hard to, to kind of navigate. 
<laughs> but it looks terrifying. Uh, we always like to take a baseline scary. Mm-hmm. And I guess, Allison, my first question is, there's a co- two different things I wanted to ask you about. Okay. But the first one is, how scary do you find the concept of GMOs? Which, of course, are genetically modified organisms. Like in food? Yeah. I guess, like, not that scary. I guess something I've accepted. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I, that's how I feel about it. I feel, unfortunately, due to climate change, I think the days in which we could sort of not have them are over. Yeah, I think uh, that's something that I've unfortunately like accepted as part of life. Yeah, and like it's like it's like thrilling when something is non-GMO. So, like right. that's like it's so part of our world that like it's notable to note when things do not contain GMOs. And then my other question is, how do you feel about uh, pagan Celtic religions? Not good. Bad. That's two thumbs down for <laughs> me on that one. That's two thumbs down for pagan Celtic religions on, and, and me. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, anything where, like, you know there's a lot of, like, worshiping of a thing, which mm-hmm. I guess is the basis of religion, is worshiping things. Yeah, unfortunately, that yeah. Is reli- it, I mean, and, and we've talked before about religion, and I don't like it, um, especially as a device in a horror movie, because I think it's just, it's scary. It's I think yeah. blind worship is scary and leads to scary behavior and outcomes. Mm-hmm. So, like, obviously... And in the, obvious, I know that that's like part of this movie because it's, Mm -hmm. you know, from the trailer, you can tell a lot of mask work. Yes. And I don't love that. I mean, I like, I I understand that makes a good movie. As a person who is scared of things, I am scared of those. I'm Um, scared of masks. And then finally, would you like to guess the twist or do you think there will be a twist in The Wicker Man? Guess the twist. I don't even know what this movie is about. It's almost Great. impossible for me to guess a twist, let alone just a general plot trajectory. I don't know anything. I can't. Right. <laughs> Which is why I'm really excited we're doing this, because it's another movie that does get referenced in pop culture. I, I'm very excited for you to experience this. I really enjoyed it. I had seen it before, but I absolutely loved it in my revisiting. And I just, I'm going to say this now, because somebody, one of our listeners, uh, Hightower, underscore RC on Twitter. Thank you so much for sending us this note. And they ask, can we have a new rule that when Hallie asks Allison what she would do, the very first answer can't be, I would just take myself out. (laughs) And I think that maybe perhaps this episode, you would be inclined to say that at a certain point. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, And and are you okay with that rule? Is that we are taking, I will just walk out a window off the table Yes, in, in I, I think that in order for there to be real, like, uh, meaningful dialogue about actions, we need to take me killing myself immediately off the table. <laughs> right. Thank <laughs> because you. That I, is I appreciate almost always that. my answer, and it is my instinct. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and, you know, you can't fight. You can't fight City Hall. In no. this case, City Hall being your immediate <laughs> instinct. But you know, at least for the you know, like the near future going forward, we'll try yeah. to have that be maybe the second option. Yes. yes. And or or I we will talk about uh, what I would do, knowing that what I would really do is probably just kill myself. Right. Yes. Exactly. This will be the underscore. Like we know what you'd really right. do. It's like yeah, yeah. You know you're going, to, but like what if you couldn't do that? What would you do? So that's exactly. kind of moving into that segment. That's how we're all going to be thinking. Um, and I just wanted to say uh, we're going to talk at the end, sort of the differences between the original Wicker Man and the Nick Cage remake. Great. Um, it was very funny because Allison <laughs> asked me, "So this movie's about bees, right?" And I said, "Well, I guess technically this movie is about apples." <laughs> so let us begin. I feel lost. <laughs> our appley journey through the Wicker Man. <clears throat> so the movie starts with my favorite thing of all time, which is. <gasps> written text on the screen. We know that's your favorite yeah. and because it's very scary. Yes. Ahem. It starts with, the producer would like to thank Lord Summer Isle and the people of his island off the west coast of Scotland for this privileged insight into their religious practices and for their generous cooperation in the making of this film. Wait. Is this based on real stuff? I mean... Or is that, is that, a, is that kind of a, a fake... Like, yes, I, I think it's supposed to be like a Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like based on a real story. Okay. But it is, in fact, not based on a real story. Well, I, I believe that the, the story is not, but like is the group of people that we're following based on real people and practices? In a sense, and we'll, we'll get to that, where yes, like for example, the Wicker Man is a real thing from pagan religions. We'll get into that. So yes, in a sense... 
these things may or may not have happened at some point in time. This actual island and these actual people do not exist. Okay, it's that, sort of a that's that's helpful. Yeah. If if yes, then if it's a yes ending of okay. uh, different pagan traditions. Sure, sure. So we open on a biplane heading to the tiny island of Summer Isle. So it's off the coast of Scotland, and it's piloted by our protagonist, Police Sergeant Neil Howie, who everyone refers to as Howie. So I keep thinking that's his first name. Okay. And he is there to investigate the disappearance of a young girl named Rowan Morrison. And he received an anonymous letter, and it said, uh, Rowan Morrison, she is a daughter of Mae Morrison. She is 12 years old. No one has seen her for a year. So this girl has been missing for a year. Before anybody was like, we should contact someone? Yes. And he was not, either. it wasn't signed. He was given no information about who to talk to. But because... Sergeant Howie is like a upstanding, and as we find out, very Christian person. Mm-hmm. He sets out to find this girl. Okay. And, and and we'll get into it, but the first mistake right off top that he makes is you always go somewhere with another person. You do not go no. on a, to look for a disappeared person without bringing another cop no, with you, you have, or somebody. You have to bring a partner or like anyone else who can be, yes. That's just good sense. And maybe men don't know that. Well, and he learns it pretty fast that he should have had a buddy or, and yeah. this is the era before cell phones, but, you know, have a cell phone, have somebody you could something. reach out to and be like, mm-hmm. I think something has mm-hmm. gone wrong on yes. this tiny island. Um, so he arrives and there's a group of men um, on the dock, including the harbor master, and they say, oh, you can't land here, this is private property. And he said, I can land here. I am a police officer and I'm looking for a disappeared child. So let me on. So they right. could begrudgingly let him come um, mm. onto the dock and she, he shows them the photo that was mailed to him with this letter. Okay. And they're like, mm, I, we don't recognize this girl. We don't know who this is. I've, not, I've never seen her. And he said, okay, do you know Mae Morrison? Because it says that's her mother. They go, oh, Mae Morrison. Yeah, we, we know her. She runs like the post office slash candy shop. So, yeah. <laughs> but that's you not know, her daughter. If more post offices in America sold candy, I would not hate them so much. <laughs> Yeah, they see she has, like, oh, she runs a post office. And then you go there, and it's like, this is just a candy shop that also your mail can be sent out here from. Okay. Sure. And, but they tell him, that photo is not Mae Morrison's daughter. So we don't know what you're talking about. Okay. And there, immediately he sets off through this, like, bucolic, beautiful, you know, like, what you imagine for a Scottish village, like, cobblestones and like quaint little every every um business has like a little sign that's like hand painted with like he for example he goes to an inn it's called the green man inn and it's adorable however unfortunately as he walks by everyone goes to their window and stares at him no thank you everyone's looking at him and there's a song that plays throughout that is sort of like this like oh like the beautiful fields of scotland and the refrain that is played over and over again is i'm not gonna try to sing it but the lines are Corn rigs and barley rigs, and corn rigs are body. I'll not forget that happy night among the rigs with Annie. They play okay. this song, I want to say 12 times, or at least that line over and over again. Ooh, I don't like, is that in the trailer? Um, I think so, yeah. yeah. That might be like where I was like, wait, what's the tone of the, is it kind of a, like, <laughs> yeah, they do in this movie, there are a lot of moments where it's, it feels like moments that would have been played very traditionally spooky are accompanied by this kind of like lighthearted, like almost yes. celebratory music, yes. which is fun. Very scary. So he goes to Mae Morris's post office and she's like, oh, I don't have a daughter named Rowan. Here's my daughter, Myrtle. Myrtle's significantly younger. So Mae's supposed to be like 12 or 13. Myrtle's nine. You know, and they're like, I don't... Um, I don't know what to tell you. I don't have another daughter. Mm-hmm. And she gets called to the shop. And while she's gone, Howie asks Myrtle, her actual daughter, she says, "Do you? did you have a sister? Do you know who Rowan is? And she says, I know who Rowan is. Rowan's a hare. She lives in the fields. And he's like, all right, well, that's not helping that's me. That's not helpful. A hare? Like, yeah. Oh, like H-A-R-E? Yes, like a okay. rabbit. Okay, I'm imagining like, just like, like a long hair, which as a <laughs> lady with long hair, I'm constantly finding kind of alone throughout my apartment, so. I mean, I refer to you as a hair. I'm a hair, sure. I'm a hair. So he's like, okay, great. Well, that's not of any help to me. Thanks no. so much, guys. It's late enough in the day. It took him so long to get there. He goes and he gets a room with the Green Man Inn, which is also the town bar. Okay. As soon as he walks in, everyone's like drunk and singing and carrying on. As soon as he walks in, everyone goes dead quiet and just watches him 
go up to the landlord, whose name is McGregor, and says, uh, could I get dinner in a room? Everybody's staring at him. Okay. And McGregor says, of course, my daughter will show you to your room. And we turn, and it's his, uh, his daughter's name is Willow, and she's the most beautiful woman in the world. Great. Like, a woman that if you saw her, you'd be like, okay, but how are you here? Like, right. you're a movie star. Right. And um, everyone starts singing, or by everyone, I mean, like, these filthy old men in the bar start singing a body song called The Landlord's Daughter. Ugh. And it's about how, like, the landlord's daughter makes your manhood stand at attention and just all this filth. Like, oh, the best part of the landlord's daughter is between her right toe and her left toe. I'd be like, I will burn this into the ground if that was me. Get out of there. I'd be like, hey, dad, I'm moving away and I'm never calling you again. All your gross patrons and friends keep singing about wanting to fuck me, so I'm going to leave. And unlike in reality, Willow is like laughing along and like loves it, and it's like kind of very grinding. Pre, pre me too. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like you just had to had to swallow and accept those things. And there's this big, tall, sort of burly guy who we later find out is named Oak, and they're kind of like gently grinding at each other, and like and Howie because he's a very prim and proper police officer, and as, again, as we established, very Christian. He is disgusted. Of course. He's like, oh my God, these drunks and like, they're all like writhing on each other. And so Willow gets some dinner and he notices that Summer Isle is known in Scotland for their produce. That's like sort of their thing. Everything he is served is from a can. And she's, he's like, what's well, kind of odd? Like these, these right. beans are so old. They're like turquoise. And <laughs> Willow says to him, basically all of their produce gets shipped. So they don't eat their own produce. They don't consume their, okay, that's all. Got it. Yeah. And he asks her, like, oh, could I have one of your famed Summer Isle apples? And she says, we don't have any. He goes, no apples? In the most shocked way you possibly can be about having no apples. Right. So he finishes up, and it's evening. So he goes out to take a walk, and he walks outside, Allison. And what does he see on the lawn directly in front of the inn, do you think? A rabbit? Just a bunch of couples fucking. Oh. Just people. It's the middle of the night. People I was are just, close. Rabbits Oh, fuck. yeah, you were right there. That's true. <laughs> yeah, rabbits have rabbits sex. Have ergo. Sex, and therefore, you would see many uh, nude adults fornicating. Are they nude? I, I imagine they're, they're all naked. Some of them are nude. I mean, they're mostly clothed, but then, like, a woman's top will be out okay. off or, like, the guy's pants will be down. So they're not totally nude. But then he also notices in the churchyard, which there's a cemetery, there are people watering the graves because there's a tree growing on every grave. Okay. And there is, at one point, a totally nude woman weeping and holding onto a gravestone. Oh, nothing to worry about. So, <laughs> like, nude, out, nude morning is definitely the most jarring. Nude, middle-of-the-night morning <laughs> while you're sitting <laughs> your bare ass on, like, another grave, essentially. Ugh. So as you can imagine, Howie, and I don't know if Howie's supposed to be Catholic. I'm going to say he's Catholic because he's either Catholic or um, Episcopalian. Um, but, you know, some some uptight, buttoned-up uh, religion. He's disgusted and he runs back and he's like, I got to go to sleep. I got to get out of here. And he's laying in bed and we sort of see flashbacks of him in church and, mm-hmm. and how he sort of dedicated his life to being a religious person. In the room next to him, separated only by this um, wall, a totally nude willow sort of like tries to seduce him through the wall. So she also sings sort of like a, oh, come okay. and give me a howdy-do type of like, <laughs> that's literally one of the lines. Do. Um, oh, come and say how do you do. Like she's okay. dancing nude. She's like running her hands over these pagan statues. And he's in his bed like sweating, trying to resist the temptation. So he can like feel, like he can hear her. Yes. And like feel her like trying to lure him. Yes, and I think we're just to establish that he is someone who is, like, so upright and so, like, he cannot be seduced. And she's, like, this, like, wild, natural, Mm -hmm. seductive Mm -hmm. beauty that he has to, like, hold himself against. And he succeeds. He doesn't go over there. Okay. Um, But she wakes up in the morning and she goes, why didn't you come to my room? I was calling for you. It's like, that's, I didn't realize that she, I thought, like, the more that she was singing in, like, a, metaphorical way. And it's like, oh no, she was literally was calling literally like, for him. Come fuck me. Come fuck me. I'm next door. I'm next which door. I thought was fun. And he says, well, I, I just don't, I couldn't, I'm, I'm very flattered. Don't get me wrong. I appreciate the offer, but um, <laughs> I am very religious and I don't believe in sex before marriage and I'm engaged. So we established that he is a virgin. Okay. 
Oh. And this guy's 35, 40 if he's a day. Like, he's not like a, you know, right, young it's like man. like a 21-year-old where you're like, all right, yeah. Yeah, no, this guy is like, but he's he's sweating bullets trying not to run over there because he's never had sex and before. And he, he doesn't even know what he's missing. Exactly. And he, well, unfortunately, he may never know. Uh, seeing is how things go for him. Oh, I know. No. And Willow tells him, you know, you probably should wrap up your investigation before tomorrow because tomorrow is May Day, which is like our big pagan yes. yearly like spring festival. Mm-hmm. And it's not really for outsiders, but everyone is sort of like treating his investigation like he's being ridiculous. And so far, he doesn't know if this girl exists. He doesn't know what happened to her. So he sets off across the island, and this is the point in the movie where I realized this is technically a musical. Okay. So she's already sung a song, and then he walks past. They're setting up for the May Day the next day, mm-hmm. and they're setting up a maypole, and there's all these little, they're all like the boys of the village are tied to the maypole, and there's a man singing, and the song is like, you know, on the bed there was a girl, on the girl there was a man, in the man there was a seed, from the seed grew a boy, from the, from the so boy literal. grew a man, <laughs> from the man grew grew a grave, and from the grave grew a tree. And I think that's just setting us up for, like, this is a natural religion yes. where this is all about, like, the returning to the earth yes. and, and, and returning and growth again. And, and, yeah, being one with nature, I could sense as part of it. And so um, Howie goes over to the schoolyard, uh, this like, the one-room schoolhouse, to be like, do you have records about this girl? Like, do you know anything about her? And all the girls are inside learning about May Day, and they learn that the <laughs> the teacher says, now, what does the maypole represent? And the girls say, phallic symbol. <laughs> but you can be quite sure that I shall report this to the proper authorities. Everywhere I go on this island, it seems to me I find degeneracy, and there is brawling in bars, there is indecency in public places. And there is corruption of the young. And now I see it all stems from here. It stems from the filth taught here in this very schoolroom. It's like they're being taught, you know, taught a, taught a pagan religion the way that we would have been taught. Like, uh, being Catholic, I would be taught in Sunday school mm-hmm. about Catholicism. Mm-hmm. They're being taught about their religion. Right. Which is Which like is all about fertility. A lot of sex. Exactly. Good for them. I know. I'm like, <laughs> things could be worse. Yeah. You know. And they are worse because he goes and he demands, like, a record of the school. And there's one empty desk. And the teacher said, no, Rowan doesn't exist. I, you know. And all the girls lie and say, oh, we don't know anything about Rowan. But then when he sees the school ledger, she is there. And he hauls the teacher outside. He's like, I'm going to report you to the authorities for debauchery and obscenity. And worst of all, lying to me. Are any of those crimes? Well, exactly. I know. I'm like, I don't think it's a crime to teach kids about phallic symbols. I, I get it. If your teacher, I don't let even us know, know if it's a crime to lie to a police officer. Oh, I. That's a good question. I don't know that. I guess in my mind, but like, it's a, yeah. It is to lie like during a trial under oath. But I don't think like lying to a cop is a crime. I hope I never find this. I don't. Out. I really know. don't want to know to firsthand. And he calls the teacher outside. She said, oh, you misunderstood. You asked if Rowan existed, and she doesn't exist anymore because she's dead. See, that was a miscommunication. Oh, yes. Clearly, clearly, everybody makes that mistake in, dis- in those kinds of questioning and discussions. And she doesn't, sorry, she doesn't say that we're dead. She said, oh, you asked if she existed, and she doesn't exist anymore. And so Howie said, so she's dead. And the teacher says, oh, no, we don't use those words. We just say she returned to the earth. And he's like, shut up. Like, I mean, just use the words we all agree on. You know, just tell right. me where she is. And he's also disgusted they're not Christian, like, full out. Like, you know, there could be a lot of different religions he's grossed out by. This happens to be a pagan one. Yeah. But this one's got to be, because it just seems, it's the polar opposite of, like, a rigorous Christianity. It's, like, free about, like, sex, like, open about death and and not scared of it. Exactly. It's everything that Christianity isn't. This is the opposite of, like, Catholicism and Christianity. Yeah. But he's enraged, like, these kids will never know about Christ. And she's like, well, we have our own religion here on the island. And he says, is Rowan's, you know, it's like, is her physical body in buried in the churchyard? And the teacher goes, well, in a manner of speaking, he's like, no, no I mean, literally. literally. Yeah, no. <laughs> Which it, I think is fun. The manner of speaking I'm using is reality and literalism. So is she, like... <laughs> and the teacher says, well, the building connected to where Rowan is buried is no longer used for Christian worship, so it's debatable if it's still a churchyard. He's like, I am going to slap everyone in this town if I have to fucking deal with this, this whole movie. This is a nightmare. Like, people yeah. who are evasive and, like... But, like, in a kind of, like, whimsical way. Like, oh, I'm sorry, you misunderstood. Our yeah. understanding of reality, it's like, oh, but, 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 like, but, tell me where this is. Snap out is. of it. I just want questions yeah. answered. 
So he goes to the churchyard and there's all these incredibly old pagan gravestones. So I guess there was a Christian church, but it's not used for Christian worship. It's used for their, you know, natural religion. And one of the um, the gravestones says, here lieth Beach Buchanan protected by the ejaculation of serpents. Excuse me? That's it. We don't know anything else. Somebody just comes snakes? Or the snakes came protecting this person. Oh, okay. Protected by— You're right. Okay. Is the serpent, is the ejaculation to serpents, or is our serpents ejaculating? Right, right. I guess, yeah, it's hard to kind of diagram that grave sentence. But, all right, either one. It could be either. It could yeah. be either. So, uh, Howie finds the groundskeeper, the original groundskeeper, Willie, and says— um, What's this new, newish grave? And he goes, and what's the tree planted on here? Because every grave has a tree. He goes, aye, that's a Rowan tree. And how he says, oh, so okay. whose grave is it? He goes, it's Rowan Morris's grave. It's like, bitch, then why did no one just say Wait, where, that to me? Where's this guy been the whole time? And uh, tied to the tree, which is like a little twiggy, you know, new tree, mm-hmm. is her umbilical cord. So it's like a dried out preserved umbilical cord, which I guess they also do. Okay. I was really on board with this religion until now. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, great, because there's a lot of other bad stuff they're about to do. Okay, I, think, um, I mean, I figured it's not just like a, a beautiful, peaceful group, but there's other things afoot, but... So he goes to Mae Morrison again and says, essentially, you know, what happened with your daughter? Like, you said you didn't have a daughter. She's like, yes, I don't have a daughter. Technically, now I have this one. And it's like right. the same it's thing like, where it's like, their on, understanding lady. of reality is so different mm-hmm. that they can't even answer his questions. So then he's like, I'm going to the registrar's office, which they still have, to get a de- <laughs> to read her death certificate. Like, they have to have some sort of documentation mm-hmm. or else, what are we doing here? Right. So he goes over and there is no death certificate, but the registrar herself confirms Rowan is dead, but she doesn't know anything about her death. So now Howie's like, oh, is she fucking murdered? And that's why no one's telling me anything, is they all know that she's killed. And that's why they're trying to cover this up in some way. Mm-hmm. So he figures out that in the Green Man Inn, there's like every year they have a picture of the May Queen, who's like a 12, 13-year-old girl. And she is posed in front of like all of the produce of the island. So it's like this big bountiful, okay. like like a tiered thing of produce with a girl in front who was elected the May Day Queen. Mm-hmm. The picture from last year is missing. And he asks uh, McGregor, the landlord, like, okay, so what, why is this picture? He's like, oh, it must have, someone must have knocked it down. It's being repaired. <laughs> he assumes it must be a picture of Rowan. She right. must have been made a queen last year. And they're trying to hide the fact that there's, I, I've only had this one photo and I have not seen any other photo of hers. Right. Um, so he goes to the town uh, chemist, who's also the photographer. And, and of course, got, why would he be two different people? <laughs> his name is Mr. Lennox and he only has old timey medicines. So the first thing okay. you see when you go into chemist's what like every chemist has a big old glass cookie jar of foreskins. Oh yeah, I mean that makes sense. Nothing to and be then concerned it's also about. Like, it's like a big tank of fetal pigs, a big gallon of snake oil. Great. So they're using this old timey medicine yeah. that doesn't work. Yeah. And right. and you know, for example, May uh, Morrison, you see her put a frog into her daughter Myrtle's. Yes, that throat. is in the trailer, and it was upsetting to see. <laughs> And then pulling it back out with the idea that when you draw it back out, you're going to be drawing the sore throat out of her throat, which again is not real. Is that based in like, is that where like frog in your throat is? Is that something or are we just, is that just coincidentally uh, a thing we say in a scene in a movie? I'm going to say that you're 100% right because I don't know. Okay, great. (laughs) That's how we should approach questions moving forward. Exactly. And so everyone he talks to is like, I don't know, you're going to have to ask Lord Summer Isle. Like, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Just go ask Lord Summer Isle. And he's like, who is this motherfucker? And so he commandeers essentially a horse-drawn carriage. And, of course. Um, and travel across the beautiful landscape. They make, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And they play that song again. It was like, corn rigs and barley rigs no. and corn rigs, <laughs> ah, body. And it's like, okay, we get it. And as he's uh, driving up to Lord Summer Isle's castle, he sees a bunch of teenage girls, nude. They're not really nude. They're wearing, like, body stockings. But in the world of the movie, nude. Nude, yeah. Dancing around a fire, singing another song. This is the third song, I believe, or fourth song after The Landlord's Daughter. So they are performing, singing a song that's about how they want to become pregnant and keep the pregnancy. So sort of like, you know, let the fire within me grow, make the seed grow in my body, which again, he finds very pagan and disgusting. Yeah, Yeah, which he shouldn't though, because that's like the basis of Christian sex is that it's like for reproduction. I know, I was like, aren't there like a lot of crossovers? Like we also see a bunch of pregnant ladies. I'm like, isn't that kind of what you guys want too? Yeah, like, they're just like, if you're going to have sex, just you better pregnant. make a baby. Like, 
All right. Yeah, the Venn diagram, there's a lot of overlap. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, More than he probably wants to admit. So he shows up and Lord Summer, Summer Isle greets him. And Lord Summer Isle, I believe, is played by um, Christopher mm-hmm. Lee. Okay. So Christopher Lee plays Lord Summer Isle and he's immediately like, oh, I don't know. What is death? What, yeah. who, who can tell me what is being alive? And obviously Howie has no time for that. Right. He's like, just answer the question, asshole. And so Howie tells him, I want to exhume Rowan's body. You know, because he's like, I believe Rowan was murdered. Right. I think that's okay. why everyone's acting all sketchy. Right. So clearly her body is somewhere. Let me see it. Exactly. And it's like, I'm not going to let you do it. And Lord Summer Isle says, yeah, go ahead. Knock yourself out. You want to exhume her? It's like, that's, right. Yeah. Maybe we should have started with that question, though. Maybe more yeah, And people. Howie's like... Oh, all right, I I will do it. And he's now kind I have of deflated to dig up a body, by like, so that's fun. But then now he's also like going wide with it. Where he's like, and while I'm here, you have no Jesus, no right. priests, right. no Christianities, which is like, okay, that's another issue altogether. Right. And somewhere else, uh, and he's like, and these girls are dancing naked and jumping over the fire. You know, he's like, oh, those girls are praying to the god of fire and act, asking him to impregnate them in an act of parthenogenesis which is what sharks and other animals sometimes oh, do where they okay. impregnate themselves. Mm-hmm. And and who and they're like who could blame them? Who wouldn't want to have a god's baby rather than that of some acne-scarred artisan? Okay, well that's rude. I know. It's like a girl. It's like an artisan. He has a job. Like you should be so he lucky. He has a job. He can afford to go to a dermatologist. Right. And so he also points out, you know, technically Jesus was a virgin birth. So like this might seem weird to you, but like this is also in your religion a bunch of like Mary right. was essentially impregnated by a right. ghost. Right. Which Howie does not want to hear. No, Howie's of like, not. no, they're very different, in fact. And so we find out that the sort of backstory of Summer Isle is Lord Summer Isle's great grandfather mm-hmm. moved to the island in 1968, and he was like a botanist. And he, the, nothing can grow on the island. The people who lived there were like destitute, okay. barren volcanic soil. So it seemed to him was to rouse the people from their apathy by giving them back their joyous old gods. And that as a result of this worship, the barren island would burgeon and bring forth fruit in great abundance. What he did, of course, was to develop new cultivars of hardy fruit suited to local conditions. He engineered fruit and vegetables that could grow on that island. Okay. And we do see shots of palm trees. Like, they are growing a bunch of stuff that is not supposed to grow there. Okay. And... He essentially, while he's doing this, the residents of the island sort of started to worship nature. Once once mm-hmm. these plants started to grow, it was seen as so miraculous that they started to worship nature. And the original Lord Summer Isle sort of started to buy into it. Okay. And was sort of like encouraging it. So like they saw him as like this incredible figure that came yeah. in and gave God-like. them this. I mean. Yeah, exactly. But since then, the implication is that now this current Lord Samael believes that. Like, he believes okay. in a way that the original people, maybe, they, you know, it's like you believe in it in a superstitious way, but now right. people legitimately Actually believe this believe is true. believe that this is real. Yeah. Okay. Which, again, how we find so disgusting is like, you're, you're heathens, this yeah, is blasphemous. That's, fa- that's false idolatry. Yeah, and he's like, well, I don't know how it's do- it's not any less believable than what you believe in. A valid point. And somewhere I was basically like, well, I already told you you could exhume her body, so I, what else are we still talking yeah, about? Yeah, I got stuff to do, man. Let's keep it moving. And so Howie goes that night to the groundskeeper, and they dig up Rowan's grave. Okay. To be like, I'm going to examine this body and see if she is damaged. Okay. And, and Or has been murdered and whatever. Yeah. And inside, they find not Rowan's body— the corpse of a hare. Right, okay. And so he storms back to Summer Isle's castle and he throws the hare, he, uh, the, Lord Summer Isle is uh, carrying on drinking with the teacher we saw earlier. Great. And he throws the hare's dead body on the middle of their blanket where they're having an indoor picnic. Nothing is going to ruin a picnic like a dead rabbit. And he's like, I, I found this in Rowan's grave. And the teacher said, that's so nice. She became a hare in death. This teacher. She transmogrified. Yes. Yes. Yeah, there's definitely, like, she's not having to get a license. Like, there's no, no. process by which she is, right. like, she didn't getting get a master's in education. She doesn't have a specialty. She's just like, I'm a lady, and now I'm in charge. Yeah. And so he he's screaming at them, and he says to Summer Isle, like, how do you explain this? And Summer Isle says, I think you're supposed to be the detective here. 
And so my question to you, Allison, at this point, if you were Howie, Sergeant Neil Howie, what do you do? What would you do? I mean, I get in my plane and I go back home and I forget that these people exist. Is the, right. Is the re- but if I'm really trying to solve this murder, mm-hmm. I definitely also like call in other people. Like, yes, yeah. I don't know, like doing this alone. Like, especially like these people feel very like very wily, and so like I'm sure while you're talking to one person, like someone could be like messing with the thing you're going to look at next. Like, there's just like you need a second set of eyes on all of this. And perhaps somebody who isn't so um, ingratiated into the Christian church. Um, somebody who's a little removed from religion who can come in and start to kind of assess. Yeah. And I also feel like there's just no, if this entire town is in on this, you right. cannot get ahead of them. No, this is, yeah, they've won already. Yeah. Well, so how he says, like you pointed out, he says, fuck you, fuck you. I'm going back to Christian Scotland and I'm going to bring holy hell down on this island and you guys are going to regret it. And they're like, okay, bye, bitch. Like, we didn't want you here for May Day tomorrow anyway. Right. like, yeah, we're trying leave. to do our own thing. Get out of here. Yeah, we're all going to fuck tomorrow. Like, you're going to be weird about it. <laughs> so um, on his way home, it's like, again, the middle of the night, he breaks into the chemist shop and he's going through all the negatives to find the photo from last year. Mm-hmm. And he finds it. It is a picture of Rowan. Okay. But more importantly, the, there is, like, virtually no produce around her. And so Howie thinks, wait And a all the other ones are in front exactly. of, like, a big, giant produce display. So if she was the May Queen, May Day Queen, and then there was a bad harvest, or she, they're blaming her for the harvest, mm-hmm. they might have sacrificed her. Yes, absolutely. That's a real— and so the next morning, which I just think the timeline of this is very funny. It's like, you already think that this girl has been murdered. You've already declared you're going to leave. You told everybody, you know, you stayed at the end. You're like, I hate all you people. I'm leaving. Right. You then go to the library and do a bunch of investigating. I can't believe they have a library. And well, luckily, the library is full of information about pagan cults <laughs> because that's all they care about. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's all you have around. So I guess it's like, this is the best library to do this research. Like, mm-hmm. no other library is going to have this kind of research. And so he reads about May Day. And in, a, in short, May Day is sort of like this harvest festival. Mm-hmm. You know, the idea of a May Queen is very typical. And he reads about these sort of like the highlights of what normally happens. is like somebody dresses up as Punch the Fool. And and some, the, the priest or like the head of the town dresses up as the goddess of fertility. So he dons this goddess's outfit and he has like right. a sickle and and um a plant in his hand and they lead a procession through town and then depending on which pagan religion you are a part of either it's symbolic or you actually Literal. murder the may queen okay. you you flay her skin off and then the head of the town or or the priest wears her skin and then they all dance through town Oh, so how sure. I was thinking, about to say this sounds fun, and now I I would like to retract all of those thoughts and any statements. And um, yeah, I think that that's valid. And I was doing a little research, and basically a lot of like, which is I mean, this all goes back to like issues we still have today, where it's mm-hmm. like a lot of reports about like what pagan Paganism, quote unquote yeah. pagan religion is is like filters through like so many different like views of like. F- like, basically, it's, like, taking— It'd be like if you were to see Catholicism and be like, oh, my God, they drink blood and they eat the body. Right, yeah. It comes—it's from the perspective of people who don't understand the symbolism and aren't part of it. Right. And so, therefore, it seems horrific. And so, like, not that human sacrifice hasn't ever happened. It obviously has. It's just but, that, like, most religions, when they're being viewed by, like, a, typically the conquering relig- like mm-hmm, religion mm-hmm. or culture— the, what, Yeah, are the, just, whatever white religion is coming in. Exactly, yeah. Or, like, Rome, you know, like, they yeah. come in and see them as, as this barbarous religion, and they just take, like, oh, my God, they wear the goddess's skin. When it's like, well, it might just be a costume, it, but right. you already pe- find these people so barbaric and that vile. That you're assuming this, like, actual awful violence and that they're terrible when it's not just, like, your exactly. own. Exactly. Yeah. Unfortunately, in this case, he mm. is right. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, so he does his research at the library. Again, love it. There's, like, an old lady, like, in the library staring at him doing his research. Great. But he's like, okay, so I got to get out of here and I got to get the troops from Scotland and fly back in. He goes, he has the harbormaster take him to his biplane. And unfortunately, somebody has fucked with his plane. He cannot leave. Of course. 
And while he's doing this, it's it's the morning of May Day. And so we start to see all of these townspeople with different animal masks still watching him, but with these eyeless animal masks. The masks. They are troubling. And so he decides, okay, like, fuck it. If I can't leave, take me back to the island. I will find Rowan myself. Because now he's thinking, oh, they haven't sacrificed her yet. They're going to do it today. Yeah. And if I could find her, potentially I could stop this from happening. Again, but it's like, doesn't she already have a grave? Like, but the grave had a rabbit in it. Remember, right? But like, they already made the. Gra- oh, I guess they know they're gonna kill her. So, well, to be fair, I don't. I think that's what we're supposed to think is like their idea of death and like burial. Like for them, it's like, oh, we buried a rabbit, a hare, and that's right. what death is, or whatever. Right. Like we're yeah, supposed yeah. to think they're so wackety dackety. Like he can't use any information he has right. to be like, oh, she's okay or not. Right. Yeah. He has to assume these people are monsters. And are trying to do something terrible, which in his defense, it turns out he is correct. So he starts running around the town. You know, he goes, uh, he runs back to the um, the green man in. He's literally barging into people's apartments and like pulling people out, like going through their wardrobes and while everyone else is busy getting ready for the festival. So if this is, he's kind of allowed to do this because everyone's in the courtyard. Everyone's like drinking. Everyone's and, like, busy. Everyone's busy. Everyone has a different costume, mm-hmm. like a different animal head, you know. Ugh. And we see he sort of spies on their festivities. Mm-hmm. And it, Lord Summer Isle says, which I appreciate a like a, a human sacrifice that has a, a real strict start time. Start, Lord Summer Isle <laughs> says, we meet at 3 p.m. <laughs> we parade through the town. We go down to the beach. And then, of course, we make our holy sacrifice to Nuada, our most sacred god of the sun. And Evelenau, Evelenau, the beloved, mm. is, the beloved goddess of our orchard, orchards to quicken the growth of our crops. So, like okay. how we thought, so the crops have failed. For, yeah, okay. Exactly. So, how he runs back to May Morrison's shop, he's like, bitch, help me find your daughter. Like, what kind of mother are you? Which is also the trailer, like, what are you doing? Right. Like, help yes. me. And May says, you should go back to the mainland. You should keep out of things that are no concern to you. Right. And she tells him, you don't know anything of sacrifice. You don't know what true sacrifice is. So what he intends like, from I'm that is— He's like, I'm a 35-year-old virgin. I absolutely understand You think sacrifice. I don't know? <laughs> he probably doesn't even masturbate if he's Catholic. Yeah. So, but but I guess he takes from that, it's like, oh, no, I know my daughter's going to be sacrificed. That is my sacrifice. Like, I, she has to be sacrificed for the benefit of the right. The whole island. island. Which Howie does not—he is not no. taking that uh, kindly. No. That's not a good answer. So he's running through the town. He's literally like, oh, he rips open like bathroom door. There's like a beautiful nude woman bathing in like a bucket. He's like, oh, sorry. He closes it. Like he's running around. He goes to the bakery. They're making like a big human shaped like piece of bread. Great. <laughs> like he runs into like the fisher, the fishmonger, and he has a fish outfit. And he goes, what's that? He goes, oh, it's my costume. I am the salmon of wisdom. Like it's like all these like quick cut, like different, crazy, weird like costumes and, and, like, and masks activities. and symbols. Also, like if these people weren't making human sacrifices. I do like their vibe. Oh, they're having a time of They're lives. having fun. Yeah. And that's nice. And in the trailer, you see he opens a, a like a wardrobe and a little girl's body falls out. And so he's like, ah! And then he looks and she's just playing a joke on him. Yes. So even the kids are laughing at him, which just makes him more and more angry. Of and every house is full of like weird clowns and like all this awful stuff. And so finally, he makes his way to the mortuary where they're they have actual coffins, and he rips open a coffin, and he finds a dead woman, an elderly dead woman, but no Rowan. Okay. And so finally, he makes his way back to the Green Man Inn, and he makes the funniest decision. I love this movie. The funniest decision of any horror movie I've ever seen. He sees uh, McGregor, the landlord, and mm-hmm. his daughter Willow, who he knows are in on it like everyone that in right. the island is. He right. says, I'm going to take a nap for a half an hour. So what? you leave me alone. He goes, he takes a nap in, in the middle of this. It's like, it's like your aunt, you're trying to stop a entire island from murdering a young girl. And you know it's going to happen. You know it's or coming. Or it starts to happen at 3 p.m. And you say, I have to go lie down. Yeah, what? Also, how could you possibly take a nap in that environment? Like to me, like napping is like something yeah. that happens to me where I physically can no longer keep my head up and my eyes open. And I'm like, I guess I have to take a nap. Like, I'm never like— And maybe he's there. I don't know. Things are overwhelming. I should lie down. Like, that doesn't happen. 
So he lies down and he hears Willow and McGregor whispering about him. And she says, I'm going to light something. It's something called the hand of God. I'm going to light it. and It's going to make him sleep for days. So essentially he hears them planning to light something. And I'm thinking it's like an herb or whatever to make him. So knock him out so that he is not able to intervene in their Mm -hmm. ceremony and parade. Mm -hmm. He opens his eyes as soon as they walk out of the room. It is a human hand with like a light on each finger. Like they made a candle out of a human hand. Of course, he screams and knocks it to the ground. Right. Yeah, that's terrifying. And um, McGregor, he his costume is Punch the Fool, and he knocks out how he knocks out McGregor, steals his costume, which fortunately has a full body costume, including a full mask. Great. And he's going to infiltrate the parade and try In to stop costume. it. In this costume. So my question to you is, Allison, who will survive? Who will survive? I'm having a hard time imagining if Rowan is even alive at this point or not. So, do you want just take a guess? I think Ro- they kill Rowan if she's not dead already. I think maybe Willow dies. Okay. In her place, also or also in addition, and then uh, I th- I hope that uh, our our lead, whose name I'm now forgetting, Howie, but not Howie. Howie. Um, no, I'm gonna guess that he dies. Great. Okay. Okay. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben and Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader. Save big money on protecting your garden. Now at Menards. Messina's Animal Stopper is a liquid repellent that prevents pesky animals from damaging your garden. Available in a convenient, ready-to-use bottle. It lasts for up to 30 days, regardless of weather and watering. Save big money on Messina's Animal Stopper at Menards. And check out our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals happening now. All right, so so everyone goes down the parade. Howie sneaks into the parade in his costume. And it's actually very funny because Lord Summer Isle's like yelling at him like, are you drunk already? Why are you dancing? You know, like, McGregor, <laughs> I'm disappointed in you. And so he's trying to like dance along to this like the bizarre parade of like right, pagan symbols and animals. Right, how could you know what to do? Yeah, he's like, oh, okay. And he's dancing. And Lord Summer Isle, like we heard in the mythology, is wearing the goddess's costume, but which is very funny because it's just Christopher Lee in like a long straight wig in a purple dress over pants and a long sleeve shirt. <laughs> so it's like he didn't even try to look like it, he's dressed like a woman or a yeah. goddess. He looks like an art teacher or like right. how people like a cool art chick would have dressed yes. in like the 70s. A dress like he over looks, pants. Yeah. Right. I was like, you really slapped this together. You this did not give a fuck. half-assed. So he he's seeing all these different things. Like he sees them like a horse-drawn coffin, and he's like, is, is she in there? And then they do this ceremony where um, uh, men in kilts make sort of a um, six-pointed star, I guess it would be, mm-hmm. um, out, of, out of swords, and everyone has to yes. stick their head in. And some it, the he, he sticks his head in, he's fine, he leaves, and the person behind him gets their head cut off. And everyone and he turns and everyone's gasped, but then the person By is accident? a fake head. Oh, okay. Um, no, no, it was it was part it was of the imp- ceremony, okay. but he didn't know. So then she pulls her real head out of her costume, right. and her the head that was cut off was, was like a, a fake f- a mask, a hat, I suppose. Yeah. And everyone's like, "Ha ha! Ah, your we head love hat. being we love being pagans. We love <laughs> Scotland, Scotland." And they're all having fun, and then they go down to the um, the beach, and Lord Summerisle hacks open these big kegs of ale, and they splash into the ocean. It's like, this is our sacrifice to the god of the ocean. Like, mm-hmm. let him drink and, and yes. be satisfied. Naturally. And they said, and finally, 
Now we have to, uh, to, it's now time for our most dreadful sacrifice. And they all turn and Howie looks up and on a cliff, we see Rowan tied up. Okay. So Howie blows his cover and just fucking starts running up to her, which I understand what else was he supposed to do? Yeah, I guess but it's like, like why? what do you yeah. do? Yeah. If you're going to do anything, you have to just kind of go. But at the same yeah. time, this is, that's your only shot. Everyone knows that it's you now. And so he runs up and he she has a, a guard next to her. And he's like, oh, Howie, whatever. You know, are you enjoying Office 70s? And Howie just punches him in the face and grabs <gasps> Rowan. And Rowan's like, do you know what they were going to do to me? He's like, yes, I know the whole thing. I've been here for a couple days, you know. And so- Does she not? No, she's saying like, do you know that they are going to sacrifice oh, me? And he's like, yes, 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 I'm caught up, you know. And so <laughs> she's like, follow me. And they run into these caves while they're being pursued by the town. And there, you know, it's all this like a complicated cave system. And finally they, they come out and they're at the top of the cliff. Oof. And they get out. And unfortunately, Lord Summer Isle and the rest of the town is already waiting up there. Of course. And Ro- uh, Rowan says to her mother who was there, did I do a good job? And they said, you did. So she runs to her mother, and we realize this is all a plot. The person they are going to sacrifice is not Rowan. It is Howie. Interesting. Yeah. Wow. And they explained to him and, that it was all engineered, and it is because the crops failed. Okay. It's just that they needed someone like him, and that he is a, the perfect person to sacrifice. A Christian? A man who would come here of his own free will. A man who has come here with the power of a king by representing the law. A man who would come here as a virgin. A man who has come here as a fool. And they're like, if we sacrifice you, our crops will come back. And how he's like, no, they that won't. That is not how it works. It's not going to happen, you know? And he says, I'm a Christian. If I live again, it will be, you know, in the kingdom of God, not for your damn apples. Right. <laughs> and, um, and, and somewhere else says, well, I'm, then you must be excited because I'm giving you something that barely happens anywhere to Christians. I'm giving you a martyr's death, which means you'll go right to heaven. And there's this moment that I think is like be- very beautifully played where they basically, how he says to him, like, this is not going to work. The crops are right. failing because they're, like, these crops are not designed to grow here. Right. Like, this is something that is out of our head. It is nature. And someone else says, no, it will work. And how he points in and says, if this doesn't work, I'm telling you, everyone, you have to sacrifice Lord Summer Isle. And I think the thing oh. is, like, everyone is so suggestible that yeah. I think it's sort of like, they're like, they okay. might. That might be what they have to do. But in the meantime, unfortunately, Howie has, as they say, come, it's time to keep your appointment with the wicker man. And they take him to the top of the hill. They give him like a shroud. They wipe him off. And the wicker man is a gigantic structure that looks like a man made out of like twigs and branches. And it's filled with livestock. And they throw Howie inside and they set it alight. And everyone sings, uh, I think it's called the, The Summer's Coming In. And mm-hmm. well, and, and sway, and they're kind of doing okay. a dance as a as a village while Howie is screaming and praying to God. And I think what we're supposed to take from this is like, you hope for Howie's sake that that heaven is real and God is listening, but it yes. will not stop him from being murdered. Right. And the town thinks genuinely thinks if we kill this person, our crops will come back. But and they're that's all probably they wrong too. Yes. That's all they have. So it's like both of these these. Yes. Uh, like concepts and religions mm-hmm. will not really offer the things that they think that they are going to get from it. No. Is any element of Burning Man Wicker Man. Oh, Wicker Man. Wicker Man. Oh, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I like, the, I don't think that there are sacrifices, uh, there could be sacrifices of Burning Man, but I don't think there are. But it does feel like, or is it like pagan in nature? Like, I don't know a lot about Burning Man, but I'm seeing a lot of similar, like the costumes, the revelry, yes. the rebirth. Uh, the giant man. Yeah, I have the the um, the Wikipedia article open so we can look at this. Um, so basically, a wicker man, according to Wikipedia, it was a large wicker statue reportedly used by ancient Druids, priests of Celtic paganism, for sacrifice by burning it in effigy. So I think what they're saying, in reality, it was just burned ceremonially. Just sticks and shit, yeah. But I think that they're saying like the Greco-Roman sources who like explained it mm-hmm. were like, oh, they burn men. And it's like, well, no, it's, Probably, it's, yeah. it's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Maybe they did. I don't, know. I don't know. But yes, in modern times, the wicker man has been symbolically referenced as part of some neo-pagan themed ceremonies without the human sacrifice, such as Burning Man. Okay. So, so I think are, you're right. Burning Man is an homage. It's a, it's a celebration in some yeah. ways. Okay. That makes sense. So I mean, yeah, it doesn't so make I guess, sense, but that makes sense. <laughs> 
And I guess at this time, I think they would have thought, oh, like these religions did really burn people. And I think now we're saying, well, that's what the Romans said. And a lot of the Roman stuff was about like, aren't these people barbaric? Shouldn't we be able to conquer their lands? You're right, right, let's do it. So I think it's like, did they? It is possible, but more likely it was, um, you know, just sort of a symbolic sacrifice yes. to their to their religion. And um, that that's it. There it you have it. It ends with him screaming as he burns to death. Yes, yeah. All right. Which is a genuinely terrifying scene because he's just screaming like, oh God, and like praying and yeah. and you know he it's not going to help him. He's, he can't escape. Wow. Yeah. So tell me, Allison, can you name a fatal mistake <laughs> that um, somebody might have made in this movie? Fatal Mistakes. I guess going to this island at all and mm-hmm. then going alone and then also going just, alone and, and staying. Yes. Like just leave. Well, I guess he, once his uh, plane was taken out of commission, right. he couldn't leave. He couldn't leave. I think that also do not believe in a religion just because somebody made a good plant. Mm-hmm. Like don't like don't mm-hmm. then retroactively create an entire for, religion make around people think yes. Yeah, around crops. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a pretty good. That's a that's a good uh, mistake to call out. <laughs> I had a little segment that called uh, "Produce or Pro Don't." Oh, and I just want to discuss which kind of produce would you be okay being sacrificed in the Wicker Man for? Oh, okay. For me, I'm going to say if we're going apple, where like this this town is, mm-hmm. I'm going to say a Macintosh apple, which is like the red and green one. Oh yeah, it's like a little tart. I'm saying a Macintosh apple with like a little peanut butter. I would oh, peanut I butter's would, part of it, <laughs> right? Well, you know, we don't know what they could grow there, but let's say they can grow true. peanuts too. Okay, so an apple, a good apple with peanut butter. All right, yeah, I would, I would enter into the Wicker Man and sacrifice myself. I would say, like perfectly ripe champagne mangoes. Ooh, like yeah, they're just so good, and it's so hard to come by them, and so much mango yeah. that we buy is awful, or is like is like. Doesn't really ripen, doesn't as sweet, like doesn't have like I, like a perfect mango. I would you could sacrifice me in the Wicker Man for that. And the only uh, the differences I wanted to point out in the the new Wicker Man, which is like a very very similar, like um, Rowan is also still called Rowan. You know, the, it's Sister Summer Isle. Basically, mm-hmm. in the modern remake, it is a matriarchal religion mm-hmm. where the women are in charge, and it's sort of seen as a beehive. So, like you said, it's about honey. They their bees have stopped producing, so they lure oh, okay. um, Nick Cage to the island to sacrifice him to get their honey back. Which is why there's a iconic moment of him with a cage full of bees over his head, screaming, "This won't bring back your precious honey." Other okay. than that, it's pretty much all right. There's still a wicker man. All right, it's pretty much the exact same thing. Okay, viewers at home, you could watch the the new one and not be scared at all. Yeah, that seems less scary. Nick Cage makes things less scary, and in some other yeah. ways more scary. He's great. I would say, yeah, it's, it's watch it with a bunch of people. If God willing, we're ever able to watch movies with uh, with multiple people ever again. Yes, that sounds fun. Um, and then finally, let us go now to the spooky scale. Yeah, let's let's turn to our 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 lab where we keep it. And uh, yes, I pulled the shroud off of it and I dusted it off. Yes, and. Uh, Covered it, dusted the spiders off. Mm-hmm. And um, the spooky scale, of course, our listeners know, this is a scale of how spooky something is, yes. not whether we enjoyed the it movie. It's not quality-based. Yeah, spooky it's based. just spooky. Yeah. yeah. So on a scale of one to ten screams, Allison, how spooky did you find The Wicker Man? A spooky scale. I think I want to give it a seven. Ooh, okay. I think, like, you know, religious stuff is always very scary. I think also, like, the concept of being the only person in a place when, mm-hmm. as an outsider and everyone else knows that you're an outsider and is conspiring around you, like, that's a very unsettling feeling. And I mm-hmm. think, like, you could feel that in this movie, um, or at mm-hmm. least I could in your version of it. Um, and Thank also you. burning to death feels so scary. Yeah, I'm, I'm also going to give it a seven. I, I feel like most of it, I'm not like scared, scared, but it's very well laid out. And it's, you could see how someone who's like, is like he's resolute, he's going to find out what happened, would be, find this both 
terrifying and also intriguing. Like, he mm-hmm. clearly wants to find out what happened so bad. Right. And then the last scene where they're all singing and he's, like, begging and screaming and praying is genuinely scary. Yeah. It's genuinely awful. Yeah. Um. So, guys, thank you so much for letting us ruin The Wicker Man for yes. you. Another, thank you for uh, listening. Another great movie uh, that you guys can either watch or not watch because we've provided a, an, an avenue where you could do either. And as always, if you could rate and review us, we would really appreciate it. Again, we don't know how the internet works or, or anything, but allegedly that will help us uh, appear for other people looking for something like this. Yeah. Which, of course, I'm assuming they're just searching for best podcasts ever. Yeah, so. and then they come, they're just like, oh, it's this one. These two. So please rate and review. And please follow us uh, on Twitter and Instagram. We It's at Ruined Podcast. And we, we kind of tee you up to what movies we're going to be doing the next week so you can watch them in advance. And uh, you can tweet at us questions and corrections, probably, and all the other fun things that Twitter is typically used for, and Instagram as well. And until then, guys, keep it spooky. Keep it spooky. Ruined is a Radio Point production with executive producers Alex Bach, Sabrina Fonfetter, and Houston Snyder. Recorded and edited by Kat Iosa. Dive into the start of summer at Whole Foods Market. Check out their summer splash event with sales on fresh organic produce, organic strawberries, and a fan favorite sale on Ben & Jerry's and Talenti. Explore deals on grill-friendly meats like organic air-chilled chicken breast, beef and chicken kebabs, all with no antibiotics ever from our meat department. Plus, grab easy sides from prepared foods and cool off with refreshing drinks. Kick off your summer and shop in store or online at Whole Foods Market today.